Hi, my name is Jason Adriani, and welcome to the Blade in Chats, your skating chat based. In this podcast, we are talking with bladers and bladies from all over the world, united by a single passion, blading. Episode 55, Dom West. Yeah, what's up, man? Not much, man. How you doing? Fine, fine. What about you? Yeah, pretty good. Just had dinner, just not up to much. Just had a, a lazy day, a little did, skate. But yeah, did, you get, did you get the chance to, to go out and skate? Yeah, I did. I skated with CJ today and then with um, Scott Crawford as well and some of the guys in Manly, like near, um, wow. yeah, near, near the Manly Skate Park. Which is like one of the, the main skate park in, in Sydney, like one of those legendary skate parks in Sydney, right? From what I've learned. Yeah, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't say it's one of the main ones. It's definitely one of the worst skate parks, but it has a lot <laughs> of... Uh, a lot of history and, and nostalgia, I guess, uh, linked to it. Uh, well, probably more for me than a lot of people. Um, and it's got a pretty good mini ramp. So, yeah, we don't, we don't have much in terms of good mini ramps in Sydney. So it's all like concrete bowls and stuff, which, which is nice. But, yeah, it's, it's the one place you can go and skate, like a, a nice, soft, wooden mini ramp. Which is the one in um, the John Julio's Perspective video, right? Yeah, that, that's where we shot a lot of that. That was in Manly. And um, yeah, that was based around an event that Scott Crawford put on. And yeah, he just kind of yeah, held a, a bit of a jam session there, which was cool just to get some of the OGs out. And yeah, it was amazing that John managed to kind of tie it in with one of his trips to China. I think he was on the way back from China. Actually, I think he when he was here, he'd just been speaking with the factory about the 909 mold. Damn. So, I mean, yeah, this is like... I guess it's only this time last year, pretty much. Um, did he did he tell you about it? Like, did he like uh, gave you like this little preview news about the nine hundred nine back then? Or yeah, he he sort of. I mean, I think he hadn't even thought into what exactly the skate would look like at that stage. It was literally he'd just come straight from the factory in China, and uh, and had the conversations that basically led to to what we see now with the nine hundred nine. But yeah, it was very early days, and he was he was very excited. So yeah, it was. It was cool to, to hear it kind of hot off the press. Damn, yeah, I bet, I bet. So what is going on right now in Sydney? Because you told me that, like, the other day you told me that, like, uh, right now the restriction about the lockdown and everything are, like, a little less tighter, are they? Yeah, yeah, so Friday pretty much everything start has started to open up. That's why you wanted to do this on Friday night, and I um, I said, yeah, we, well, we were trying to go skating, but it rained in the end, so we didn't oh, go, damn. but... Um, yeah, I mean, we've been pretty lucky in Australia as a whole. I, I don't know. It's, there's a few factors. It's so hard to predict exactly why we've been sort of better off than a lot of other countries. But I mean, you know, it's been fairly mild in, in comparison to the rest of the world. Like, I don't even think, I don't think we've reached a hundred deaths yet from, from COVID. It's like 90. In the whole country? In the whole country. No way. Yeah. Wow. So. So I think, yeah, I mean, a few things are on our side. The fact that, you know, it's, it's a huge country. There's a lot of space, um, small population. So everyone's kind of pretty spread out. Even in the major cities like Sydney, you know, it's fairly spread out. And there's not as much of a sort of heavy reliance on, 
you know, public transport and subway systems. I mean, we do have kind of, you know, that kind of stuff in Sydney, but uh, I mean, it's never that busy compared to like, cause I grew up in London. I know what the London underground's like, you know, I know what it's like in New York and stuff. And Sydney just doesn't have that kind of, uh, that foot traffic. So I think, yeah, we, we got lucky in that respect. And then they, they put in a lot of restrictions pretty early on, I guess. And, and yeah, we got lucky for a few reasons. So things are really, I mean, it's, it's feeling fairly normal and we can't obviously travel anywhere. You can't really travel far from your house still, but you can kind of live your, your normal life pretty much, which is, which is very nice. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I mean, like, yeah. here in Milan, we've been stuck like at here at home since like uh, the eighth, it was like the ninth of March until mm. like the, the 4th of May. Like we were like supposed to be like fully locked down at home, barely able to go outside to go to the grocery or to the pharmacy. And it was pretty much it. And then luckily like the numbers are like, they were like going down. So the government mm. says, all right, from the 4th of May, you guys are able to make sport activities, of course, like yeah, keeping yeah. those uh, social distancing and, and, and all that. And right now, like in Tuesday, there will be like the, the very first like uh, test because we are going to see after two weeks of like, mm. you know, like the, the, the last hiding of, of those restrictions, what is what, what, what happened like during these 14 yeah. days. And so I'm crossing my fingers because like uh, uh, I cannot wait to go back to work. And uh, because like here, like everything stopped, like literally everything. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, we it was we got the news as much as anyone in Australia and obviously Italy was just at the the front and center, you know, mm -hmm. in the middle of what it was the end of March. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's um and I think that's obviously what was happening in Italy and and Spain and other countries was was why Australia sort of acted, I guess, well and all the other countries acted in the way that they did. So we yeah, we owe kind of a lot to, to seeing what happened in Italy, which is yeah unfortunate, obviously. But um, and, and but you, you, things are sort of slowly easing up now. I mean, does it feel like it's yeah, normal? Yeah, like uh, I mean, the stores are now open. Like not all of them, but like mm. much of them. But like the numbers of the death, like you were saying earlier, that like uh, you guys had like uh, almost a hundred like that mm. through the whole country. And in Milan, we are getting almost like 150 uh, people dying like per day, which is mm. like a, a good, a good. Uh, let me pass this term like a good number because like in mm. mid March there were like 500, 600, 700 per day. It was like it was like a, a war zone, man. Yeah, man, no, it's crazy. But, but yeah, luckily, like um, we are, we were like able to to manage in a way this like uh, this. Uh, epidemic thing and like uh, yeah as i was saying let's see on tuesday what is going on if the numbers are increasing or not hopefully not so yeah of course you make fingers crossed man fingers crossed so like what about you like are you able to work or like you were like sitting at home to waiting for like <laughs> <laughs> to be or everything like going back to normal schedule yeah i mean it's, it's not normal sh normal schedule but like i was because you know my my work is i work for a documentary production company and so, and a lot of the work we do does involve, I mean, pretty much all the work we do involves traveling overseas. So when it all kicked off, I was actually on my way, like I was trying to get to Greenland and I was, I ended up in the UK and I pretty much had to stay for a day and then turn around. Cause that's when it kind of, it was like 14th of March when it all kind of hit the fan. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this whole, you know, March, April, May, June, we we're supposed to be traveling a lot, uh, trying to shoot a documentary that we're working on at the moment, but 
that's just basically been put on hold pretty much for for the whole year because it's kind of quite seasonal what we were trying to shoot so we'll have to go back next year um but we've always got you know in production there's there's always a backlog in terms of editing and post-production so and because i still edit myself you know i've just been yeah editing basically a lot of screen time but um keeping me busy for sure so the first kind of month or two i was editing from home uh and then this week just gone i was i'm back in the office now so okay just kind of back to somewhat normal for now awesome awesome we do have like a question from joy egan he asked you what do you enjoy more like nature documentary or skate documentaries it's a tricky <laughs> one it depends yeah it depends you know it's, they're both big kind of spheres of work um i mean obviously i've just done so much skating over the years that for me like to have to enjoy making skate films it's got to be something kind of new or different just to keep me keep my mind kind of sane i guess and with the wildlife stuff you know i've only just started doing that really realistically in terms of you know my skate filming years it's kind of early days in terms of filming wildlife so yeah it, it depends what the shoot is but I love them both kind of in different respects and um yeah I mean skating would always come first for sure but you know can't really can't make money off that can't make a living off it so yeah I bet yeah. So, so like you were saying that you are from London like why did you ended up like living in, in Sydney and uh, why did you move down there Yeah I pretty much so I finished university in 2009 and then was kind of a bit of a loose end like I wasn't fully sure what I wanted to do in terms of my career I guess so I took some time off and um ended up coming to flew straight to Sydney with the plan of kind of traveling around maybe going to New Zealand and you know doing the usual kind of stuff just seeing a bit of the world I guess and then yeah I pretty much got stuck in Sydney and and within like a month I think we I I got together with the guys like CJ Ryan and and all those Vine Street guys and we we got like a house together which which was Vine Street so yeah within like a month of being in sydney i was like okay wow there's i've got a whole setup i've got friends and we were making a video and then a whole year passed and it was kind of every year has just slowly passed more and more and that was like 10 years ago so it was never like a never a conscious decision to move to australia it sort of just happened <laughs> that's great and like yeah. did you become like a filmmaker in australia because like john lee uh, earlier this morning he sent me like uh, your egg profile which was pretty mm. sick and like uh, i was wondering how did you get uh, into the filmmaker the filmmaking uh, game yeah i mean i think like a lot of people who are in the filmmaking industry uh, within the blading community they kind of obviously started out filming skating and i mean i was yeah like that section that um that johnny sent you i mean i think i i bought my first proper camera when i was making that section so that i could have it for like other people to film me and stuff just trying to you know trying to get clips and i slowly kind of just got more and more into you know the camera side of things i guess but i did have a few injuries as well that like reoccurring injuries that kind of pushed me more towards being behind the camera a bit more and then i think when i ended up in sydney is like and, and making vine street that was kind of my first attempt at escape video so that was like when i started to sort of take it a bit more seriously but it was only i mean even after vine street you know there was a couple of years after that before i actually started working professionally as a filmmaker because i was kind of you know i'd always just done it as a hobby and you know just learned to film skating basically and and wasn't really confident i guess in myself 
in that I could make it a, a full-time career. Um, and, and plus I, I'd spent year, years at university studying. I didn't study film. I studied engineering and stuff. So I, I didn't want to waste that. So I, I spent a few years kind of just, yeah, messing around, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then I finally about five or six years ago, kind of took the, the, um, the plunge, I guess, into the, into the film industry and definitely haven't regretted it. Yeah. It's amazing. I see your picture. You're like, you're literally travel like all around the world and, That, that, that must be pretty cool, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a dream. I, if I'd have known that this job that I'm doing now existed, you know, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I would have for sure said, right, yeah, I got to get into to filmmaking and, and specifically documentary filmmaking. Um, I mean, I got very lucky. I don't think there are many jobs where, you know, you get to do the kind of work that I'm doing. So it was, yeah, a bit of luck as well, for sure. <laughs> like there's a question from uh, Scott Crawford so shout out Scott living legend yeah he says like when are we going to get a full dumb west section I yeah I don't know it's <laughs> um there's a lot of different factors I guess the problem is which I'm sure Scott would agree with is um yeah I, because I'm a filmmaker and like I'm, I'm very picky obviously about what my like my skin is going to look like and what the filming of me is going to look like i guess so yeah i gotta i gotta just pair up with the right filmmaker whoever that is but i don't know no time soon i i still got it in me i reckon i, I want to do one before i'm 40 or something but yeah we'll be good to see it man <laughs> yeah and um and look, which are like your like Just because Scotty asked you this question, I was like wondering to ask you, like, um, being there in Australia, within like mm -hmm. all of these like blading culture, like you have like Tom Fry, you have uh, mm -hmm. Scott Crawford, like um, Timor, Gavin Drum, CJ, like, how does it feel to skating um, in, in that environment? Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool, man. I mean, especially for me, like, I I grew up, you know watching i mean i think my first yeah my first vg was vg6 which you know had a, a heavy australian presence throughout the whole video and i think yeah just you know in the early years of skating to me i'd watch videos and i guess i was so young i didn't really know the difference between australia and america i didn't really know who was who so you know the, the tom fry scott crawford's all these guys were kind of were up there with the the randy spices and all this you know so like It was it was definitely like you know a bit of a grom moment to get to kind of meet some of these guys and skate with them. It's obviously different now, you know, when you're older, you kind of it's it's a bit of a different feeling. But yeah, you definitely get that sort of that grom grom vibe as well for sure. But yeah, it's it's an amazing place to live and to skate, and and it, it is great that we still have the older generation still kind of around and, and involved in some shape or form. Whether it's someone like Scotty who's kind of you know fully in the scene skating um or someone like tom fry who's kind of who's around and and you know we get to see him every now and again but you know he's not necessarily as as involved so it's definitely there's definitely a rich a rich history and it feels like i guess because it's a smaller place as well you know like with with the states it's just like there's obviously so much so much history in in skating and so many people who are involved in the early years but they're kind of all quite spread out i mean i know you've got santa anna you've got you've got dave and, and john and those guys but Yeah, other than that, there aren't really many sort of like hubs where all the older guys kind of are together. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty unique. Man, yeah. I wish Dave, like. Dave, who am I calling old? <laughs> <laughs> But also, like, 
<laughs> Dave said that, like he's going to make your your section, so it will be great to do to to have a part from Dave Payne, man. <laughs> Mate, I mean, let's make it happen. <laughs> I don't know what I'd, I'd prefer more: that Dave to film a section of me, or me to work with Dave and film something together. Wow, we'll... both would be um, definitely, yeah, life goals. combo, man. <laughs> It would be great to see like one of those uh, prospective projects, which is like, in my opinion, one of the best thing I ever seen skating uh, of Dave Payne. <laughs> yeah, man, definitely. It's like uh, that's that's why I think I'm I'm sort of more excited than ever to kind of film s skate stuff and and skate mini sort of skate documentaries because and and that's what what's so great about all the all this content, whether it's Jump Street or what you're doing, is just you know we need like the history needs to be documented and it needs to be talked about for, for people who maybe don't know the history or have forgotten about it or someone who starts skating in 20 years, they can have some kind of point of reference. So for me, making kind of documentaries about skating is like, it's just making, I just want to make sure that these kind of stories don't get lost, you know, down the line. And, and as much as making a skate section of someone, you know, I, I do love doing that as well. Just the, the documentary side of it now is kind of more what I, what I want to do because yeah, I feel like there's so many kind of interesting stories that need to be like documented and, and passed down, I guess, from, from one generation to the next. But yeah, doing a, a piece with Dave would be amazing. I'd love to, it, yeah. And it, it, it's pretty cool to see that like, uh, you are probably the very first blader who have received the, the stuff pick from Vimeo, don't you? Like the, the very first filmmaker who made like um, skating stuff who have like received the, the stuff pick from Vimeo, right? I, w I know I'm not because there's a guy, Sim Warren, who's like a UK, maybe you don't know Sim Warren. He was like a oh, an yeah. inspiration of mine. Yeah, yeah. So he, he had a staff pick. With oh, a, really? With a yeah, it's like, um, it like five years ago, maybe. And it was like a slow-mo kind of blading piece from London, which was really cool. Oh, I have to so he, check um, it out. He definitely paved the way. And I know a guy, Craig Smith from Melbourne. He had, like mm -hmm. a, he had a staff pick, like a mini documentary with Matthias Ogger. Oh wow! Damn, yeah. how, why like I've missed all these things? I have to check it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> deeply yeah. on uh, on Vimeo right now. <laughs> no, but it's, like, it's cool they recognize it. I mean, I don't know Vimeo. Unfortunately, doesn't really get the viewership that YouTube does. So, it yeah, it's more for kind of getting filmmaking kudos and and you know fellow filmmakers to kind of recognize the work, which is cool. But yeah, it's um, it especially in recent years, it doesn't have the same kind of pull as as YouTube does. And like talking about like documentaries that you've done, like the very first one that you released, I believe it was the one with, with Scott Crawford, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that was that was the first kind of time I tried to to do that style of, of skate docker, I guess. Yeah, that was it was the Scott Crawford one. And um, like what was the idea behind it? Because like as you were saying, it's pretty cool to see and to have like somewhere and, and somehow like uh, our history documented somewhere. Mm. Yeah, I guess I just saw the opportunity. It was, you know, he's obviously he's local to me. He's close. We're good friends. And, you know, I, I knew some of the history that surrounded his kind of skating career. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Just I don't know why I specifically started with Scott. I guess it's kind of starting, what's you know, what's around you and, and cool stories that are around you. And just it was really, you know, there's no we were kind of just experimenting with ideas really. And I think originally I did actually do an interview with him and I filmed the interview, but then we just ended up using the audio just cause it kind of worked a bit better. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. I don't know where the idea came from. But straight after that is when I I did the Burma one as well. We we went to Burma with Gavin and stuff. Man, so oh, that's amazing. And like, how did you um, prepare your project? For example, like Vine Street or Chapter Two. Like, are you planning? Like, are you settle down ideas and then you like contact the guys and tell them, hey guys, I have this idea. Let's do it, or like you start to filming and like then like session after session you collect like material. Yeah, I think the longer kind of classic skate videos like Vine Street or Chapter Two, there's more of a kind of you know you start you start filming and you're just kind of filming for fun, and then you realize you have a certain amount, and then we kind of collectively I guess commit to to making the project together. Um, and I think with with Chapter Two and, and longer videos like because you know, we only have a certain amount of time. And there's, if you're trying to film like nine or 10 sections of different people, you kind of stagger it over time. So I think in chapter two, like some of the sections were probably finished maybe six months before another one, for example, or, may, or maybe not that much, but kind of slowly stagger it with whoever's kind of around and, and keen. And then with the kind of documentary pieces, I'd say there's a bit more thought put into them. Like with, um, obviously with the Burma one, you know, you had to, I had to put a fair bit of thought into that just to kind of organize the whole thing. And so, yeah, they kind of take a little bit more planning and preparation, but still it's very, you know, in terms of when I'm out there filming, there's never really any kind of specific game plan. It's kind of like put as much planning in place as possible, get the right people involved, the right place and a rough idea. And then when you're out there, it's just kind of whatever happens. And because I still want to enjoy it. It's, you know, it's not like paid work or anything. So it's good to just kind of enjoy it as much as I can. And, and whatever we can make out of it in the end is, is whatever happens. And it's, it's pretty cool because like uh, uh, from like each footage that you see, for example, in chapter two, you see like a lot of people cheering for the guy who did the trick. And like mm. in the whole video, it's pretty cool to see like different styles from, from, from Robbie Pitts to, to Dave Graham, to, to Dave Drum, to CJ, mm. to, to Ryan Arnold. Man, it's like um, you, you can tell from the video that it's like a super connected and clicked crew. And in, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It was... Um it was a good time for sure. Like everyone was excited to film. And, and so, you know, every session we'd have big, big crews out. And yeah, I guess cause yeah, we, we skated most of the time in the city and you know, we didn't drive. You just kind of, you're on your skates, you're skating kind of like New York style or London style kind of street skating. Um, and yeah, you always attract crowds and yeah. I mean, I think everyone in Sydney, you know, we all have different kind of styles and takes on skating, but everyone appreciates each other's skating. So it's, yeah, that's what's kind of unique about it. Yeah, true. And like, which is the, your, the equipment that you're using for, for filming? Like, because I, I've seen that you're filming with the eight millimeter, like, or like some glide cam or like running stuff mm. and things like that. Like, which are like your equipments that you're usually going to shoot with? Yeah, I mean, it, it's always changing because I'm lucky that the, the place I work at, we I'm allowed to use any of the gear pretty much that we have there. Um, and so we're constantly getting kind of the latest equipment. And so, oh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it really changes. I mean, the, the camera that I own is a GH5. So like a little micro four thirds camera. Um, but you know, like for the, for shooting Scott's thing, I think we use the uh, red dragon So anything from kind of like reds down to the, the GH fives. And then with the, with chapter two, it was like, a just the, the Panasonic HPX, wow. the classic. P2. P2, um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
as much as I don't like to get caught up in all the different gear, like the, you know, cause you can get pretty lost in, if you have too many new toys or you always got something new and you, you just, you're just using it for the sake of it, then you can get a little bit lost. But I do find that, you know, having new equipment or something different does kind of keep me inspired to, you know, to want to go out and shoot and just try new things. And Hey, this, we've never used this lens to, to, to film skating. Let's see what it looks like. And maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. So kind of, yeah new toys are always fun and, and keep me motivated for sure man that's amazing hey aren't you guys uh, looking for like uh, an assistant down to the studio i can come down there uh, no problem <laughs> yeah man now we we're always looking for people in europe for sure but right now we're just yeah i don't know we're just battening down the hatches and hibernating for a while yeah yeah looks like this uh damn it pandemic hey i have to tell you this thing like the the janulio one the perspective of janulio <laughs> It's like probably one of the things that really uh, inspired me skating much lately. I mean, like every time I need to go out and skating, I, I watched the video and really gave me like the motivation to go out and skating because it's pretty cool how you have recorded the audio, the whole editing, what John says, the event of Scotty. I mean, mm. for some reason, it really makes me want to wanna go out and skating. So like thumbs up on that one, man. Awesome, man. Yeah, I mean... I wasn't sure if that kind of piece would necessarily inspire someone to go out and skate as such, but more, but yeah, it's good that it, it does. Cause, um, but yeah, more kind of make people understand, appreciate, you know, and value how, how rich the history is and how I guess important skating is to, to all of us. Um, but yeah, that, I think, you know, pro that's probably my favorite thing that I've made to date. That was definitely a special one for me as well. I remember like when I was starting to cut that together, and like had john's audio down and, and yeah it was i was like oh this is gonna be cool man it's pretty stoked did, how that one turned out did you like uh, who broke the test about the um, that video was you or john like the the the, 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 the voiceover like uh, the text of the voiceover like uh, mm. was it was it like an interview of john or was like uh, you settled down some ideas and john was like uh, talking about that yeah no it was pretty much just an interview like John came to my house. We did it pretty much right where I'm sitting now and just chatted for like maybe half an hour, 45 minutes. And it was like the day after the event that Scott held. Um, and so, yeah, I think John was, his mind was in a good place in terms of, you know, trying to record something quite heartfelt because Australia brings up a lot of emotions for him. Um, you know, good ones, happy, happy memories. And, you know, Tom Fryer was out and, you know, he'd just come from from China, like I said, to kind of start negotiating the 909. So he had a lot of stuff going through his head at the time, which was kind of, it made for a good, yeah, it was a good point in time to, to get his thoughts down um, on uh, on record. And yeah, we just had a conversation for, for, yeah, for like half an hour and just, yeah, talked about the event. And I mean, in terms of what I used, I probably used like maybe 10, uh, maybe 10, 15% of what we recorded. And so it's more, you know, there's a lot of the stuff we talked about, just it wouldn't have worked and just kind of, it's this balance of just trying to pick stuff that you've got to match with the footage, but also pick the stuff that you want to tell the story. Um, and yeah, just kind of, I, I, with those ones as well, I try not to, it's just, a, it's a careful balance to not have someone like talking throughout. You want to just, the pause, the breaks and the pauses in when they're speaking is kind of as important, I think. And um, True. I mean, often like, I'll spread out his words way more than maybe what he was actually saying. He might have rattled off a sentence like quite quickly and I'll kind of make, yeah, 
edit. I guess that's what editing is. So just trying to no, make no. it as good as possible. You have done like an amazing job, and let me tell you that it's like one of the. I mean, in my opinion, but like I do believe that like many people agree with me because it's like a, it's a pretty cool thing. So thumbs up on that one. No, I'm, I'm I'm stoked on that, and yeah, I want to I want to keep doing those kind of pieces because they're really fun to make and. And yeah, there's like as like we said, man. There's so many stories to tell. I mean, I, I I've been speaking to John. I mean, this was before COVID now, but we I was thinking about trying to get out to Blading Cup to kind of try and film as much. I don't know. I don't know exactly what, but yeah, just like I said with with the other projects, have an idea and like a bunch of people that you know to work with and just yeah, see see what comes of it and try and make some form of mini documentary piece wow. around Blading Cup. Uh, not necessarily about blading cup specifically but you know trying to tap into all the different people that obviously i could i could meet and interview um during that kind of period and especially sure. as it's like the, the, the 20th anniversary as well so i mean who knows it's november's a, a while away so i'm not gonna, exactly I'm not, giving up, not giving up on that one yet but it might not happen so am i i mean like it's going to be my very yeah. first blading cup i've been like no, 14 times at the winter clash so this one you going like, this year huh you're going this year, yeah? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm hoping that, like, if, like, uh, the borders are open and, like, we are able to, to fly over, I'm, I yeah, definitely yeah. Need, need to go there to the Blading Cup because it's going to be my very first one, so, so yeah. Yeah, same. Well, well hopefully, we can, <laughs> hopefully we can connect, man. Hopefully yeah, it would it. be great. It would be great. Yeah. And, um, and so, with that being said, like, uh, when I've done, like, one of these Blading Chats with, with Be Free, um, <laughs> we talk about, like, uh, this project about, like, uh, you and uh, and and be free and and Dan in Nigeria, like, uh, mm. is it true? Like, is, is it going on? Yeah, no. I mean, we it's happened. I've, I've got. To, I'm trying to edit it at Man. the moment. It's almost yeah. It's getting there. Um, yeah, we went in November, so that was kind of like my. I mean, it pretty much once a year, I get I have enough time to be able to kind of travel somewhere and do something skate related. So that was kind of last year. That was that was what we did, and and yeah, I mean. I'd obviously seen Dan um, on social media, yeah, mostly through Instagram, just kind of obviously realized how unique of a story that was going on out there. So I kind of took the opportunity to connect to Dan and we were speaking for a while and I was just trying to figure out what, how, you know, if it was possible, if it's safe, because I know obviously, you know, if you say Niger you're going to go to Nigeria to someone, they usually say like, what are you doing? That's, it's not safe and all this stuff. So yeah, just, spent about six months going back and forth kind of deciding whether i was going to go or not and and then i saw a guy called caleb austin from the states he's like a, i think he rides rollerblade he went out there and stayed with that uh, with dan for like a week or something and it kind of made me realize that it was possible and I, I spoke to him and he kind of gave me the lowdown on on how to do it and what to expect and so from that point i was like right i, I committed and, and said i was going to do it and from the get-go i knew it'd be good to kind of take someone else out there with me um and yeah i mean i I'd, I'd spoken to brian i think after i did blading burma briefly and kind of just we just chatted briefly and said yeah it'd be great to work together at some point and it just so happened that he also was speaking to dan and talking about trying to go out there as well so we kind yeah. of just, yeah we just connected and somehow made it happen it was yeah it was, it was a crazy trip it was it was probably the most crazy thing I, I feel like i've done in my life even with like all the travel i've done for you know wildlife filmmaking and, and other things it was um yeah it was a week i'll never forget man 
Man, that's amazing. And um, and so yeah, like um, besides that one, are we going to uh, able to see like in the future chapter three? <laughs> I I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna keep making stuff in Sydney. You know, I I'll be making stuff till I die, pretty much. So we'll make some. We'll keep making <laughs> stuff, whether it'll be a chapter three in the kind of traditional sense. I don't think so. I mean, the problem with kind of, you know, chapter two took like two years to make, pretty much or more wow. even. And so, you know, and we're not we're not getting any younger. That's for sure. So. <laughs> It might even take longer if we're going to do a chapter three. So for me right now, I just if if I was to commit to a long term project that maybe I you know was going to put three years in front of me, you know, aside for a project, I'd probably be doing that for like a documentary style project on scaling. You know, um, I think that would come before trying to make a chapter three in terms of like a, a you know a classic kind yeah. of skate video, um, just because of the time to kind of. Yeah, for example, like the perspectives piece, we shot that in a weekend, you know, and for me that like, that's, you know, if I, if I made five of them, that's like, that's more important than I think a chapter three in a way. So no promises, but we'll, we'll be making stuff for sure. And we'll, we'll keep making stuff for years to come. Damn, all great. And um, and so, yeah, then, I mean, with that being said, uh, I don't want to um, seal of your, like, end of your time. And uh, it has been like That's a so super good, pleasure. So it's been like a super pleasure to meeting you through all of this, like, live stream thing. And, like, um, it, was, it was great to talk with you about the project and everything because, like, yeah, as I said, I'm a fan, so pretty cool. <laughs> oh, awesome, man. No, thank, thanks so much for, for having me on. And, and yeah, it's, it's awesome that you're doing this. And... I mean, what's your plan? You're gonna obviously this came about because of COVID, but you're gonna you're gonna keep keep doing these kind of chats into the future. You think now? Yeah, I mean, like uh, of course, right now, just because I'm here, I'm set like staying at home without like doing nothing besides like going mm. out and skate. Because I'm also do work as a videographer here in Milano. Yeah, yeah. So, like all the production houses that I work with are like like stop like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like yeah, as long as I am able to do that, I'm trying to keep the schedule. Uh, I wouldn't say like daily right now because I see that like in different countries, uh, everything like starting slowly, you know, to, to back to, to, I wouldn't say the normal schedule, but kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. So like right now I'm trying to get like um, three, four person per week. And, uh, and, but, but yeah, I, I do really love to, to, to chat with people like in the future, maybe not like on a daily basis, like maybe mm. twice a month or something like that. But I do really would like to to get involved as many as people as possible, just like you were saying earlier. But like, so I'm I'm able to uh, you know like get some history of the blading, like put it somewhere like YouTube or like IGTV or something like that. So definitely, man. No, it's we they, we can't have enough of this. Like it's yeah, everyone's got to do their part, and yeah, it's awesome that you're stepping up. <laughs> and um, okay, so. Dom, thank you very much. Thank you for your time. I'm looking forward to, to catch you up at the Blading Cup, hopefully. Yeah, man. Hopefully, hopefully I'll see you there. Thanks for doing yeah. this again. And uh, yeah, we'll speak soon. Definitely. Thank you very much. Bye, man. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Blading Chats.